Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin Have a Podcast, the show where two former roommates and they were talk roommates. about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Goodfellas. Never ride on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. I know I'd By the time I grew up, there was $30 billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. And believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. What do you do? I'm in construction. Please, not Jewish. Mazel tov. For most of the guys, killings got to be accepted. Hey, Henry. Here's an arm. Very funny, guys. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. <laughs> what do you like, the leg or the wing? I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and joining me as always is a great fella, Cody Webb. Cody, how are you doing today? I appreciate that intro, man, but uh, yeah, I'm having a great day. Great day to have a pot, I think, and uh, a good movie to talk about, Uh, no pun intended. But (laughs) yeah, should be a fun one. Second episode of uh, the fourth season, kicking it back into gear, but uh, I'm excited, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man, and this is a fantastic movie to talk about. Uh, obviously, your pick, and we'll get into why here in a second. But yeah, I'm excited about it, man. It's uh, beginning to feel like fall. Life's good, and and we're in season four. Good fellas. I mean, yeah. And to kick it off, I mean, we picked a couple good movies. I think on the bat here, um, you went more blockbusterish. I think and I went maybe a little bit more critically acclaimed. <laughs> Before we get into the episode, I want to say if you're listening to this and you're not following us on social media, go do it. It's at cap podcast, K H A P O D C A S T TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Also check out our YouTube page. We are posting on TikTok uh, oh, yeah. clips from the show. Cody, what do you think? Should, should they follow us? TikTok is absolutely burning to the ground right now. Um, Corbino, I mean, this guy's an edit master if I've ever seen one. So check those out. I mean, you, you check out one of those vids and you're going to be hooked. So yeah, big follow there for me. Yeah, so definitely going to be posting clips of episodes in the week following them. Um, also posting full video versions on YouTube. So if you want to watch us talk, you yeah. can. We are doing that. But, so. uh, just to jump in, like off the bat, like one of the main reasons why I did pick this movie. Why? 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 It's because I've never seen it before, uh, which is maybe a shocking revelation to some since, you know, I do have a podcast talking about movies. And this is a beloved film, uh, you know, by both, by a lot of, you know, movie lovers. So it was between, and I will uh, throw myself under the bus more. I was debating between this and uh, The Godfather, which I have also not seen. So maybe my next pick will be that. But yeah, I think some of my other picks in the past, maybe I went with, you know, grownups and, you know, some of my personal favorites. Season four, we're getting, getting down to the nitty gritty here. And uh, I need to start watching some of these classics. I mean, really, we couldn't have gone wrong either way, whether you went The Godfather or Goodfellas. Personally, spoiler alert, I do enjoy Goodfellas a little bit more. And it's nice to talk about it in a podcast because you don't have the part two and the part three of, of the obviously The Godfather of it all. So I think Goodfellas is a little bit more self-contained and I'm really excited to, to get into things. So why don't we go ahead and hit initial thoughts? Good morning, Vietnam! Cody, first time watch, did it live up to the hype? Yeah, you know expectations is always a tough thing for me um and you know this movie does have uh, a pizza chain even named after it i believe so uh you know high expectations a little bit i did try to reel it in but 
I mean, this is a great movie. My initial thoughts off the bat, I mean, just the direction, I think, is ridiculously good. Uh, the thing that stands out, obviously, is the... the I mean, I'm just going to say, like, shots. it's a classic film from one of the greatest working directors today, like, still. like, And, and it's maybe his masterpiece to me. I don't know if it's his best for me. That's tough. I'll, I mean, I have only seen it once as well, so it's hard to tell. And I've seen The Departed probably like 20 times. So that would be the two for me that would be between. But I mean, this movie is ridiculously good. And yeah, like I said, the direction is the standout thing, I think, in this movie. So shout out the young man. But, uh, you know, other than that, I think uh, another thing to point out is like the first uh, half hour of the film, I feel like any gangster or any sort of like, uh, you know, biographical movie, you get the setup where there's the little kid actor. And it's always like the most forgettable part of the movie. It's just there to set everything up. I think the first like half hour of this movie is my favorite part of the movie, which I think says a lot. I think the, that kid actor's sick. I think just the entire setup with, you know, his family and then, you know, moving into this cab stand. It's actually very interesting and maybe it's some of the most like important themes in the movie in that, that part of it. So I wanted to shout that out as well. And then uh, lastly, I want to hear your opinion on this because uh, I think the general consensus on, you know, narration in a movie is, you know, you shouldn't really do it. It's kind of lazy from a writing standpoint. But I think the way this movie does it is, is creative. It, it gives different angles on the narration as well. But yeah, what do you think about that? Is that like a, a trope that you live by or do you not really see it that much? You know, we, we kind of talked about it in Ferris Bueller's uh, Day Off episode a little bit. That's more fourth wally break, like directly to the camera. But I, I don't mind narration if it's good narration. And I got to say, like Ray Liotta narrating this film is just like extremely well done. And the way it is written and the way it is edited specifically in the way time kind of flows as he's narrating is just so good. And it really keeps you like enthralled. It's a really well told story at the end of the day. I agree. I think the script is is pretty tight. And uh, Ray Liotta, he's got that voice of butter. So I backed that as well. But another cool thing I like is like they give the narration to Karen for a little bit too. Like you get to see her, her insight, which I think, uh, especially like in 90s movies, like these are, when, when was this movie released, Corbin? Do we know that? 1990. 1990. There you go. Bang on. But um, yeah, I feel like maybe movies before this wouldn't have given the character of Karen a chance to explain her side which I think gives her character so much more depth. Because another thing about these gangster movies, just to go off another tangent, but like in Scarface or like similar movies, you're like, why would this, you know, girl ever stay with the main character? Like this makes no sense. So to get a little bit of like her insight of, oh, she's she's crazy as well. Like she finds this all very attractive. I think it's super interesting and, and adds a lot of depth to her. But uh, that's my main spiel. A lot of, you know, random thoughts there, but. I am fairly high in this movie, if you can't tell by my rambling, but I want to hear what you have to think initially. Well, I am glad to hear that you appreciated the movie. Is this mo- is The Wolf of Wall Street just this movie done over again? Like, a lot of the similar story beats. It's not the exact same, like, you know, we get a younger version in this movie, and mm-hmm. but, like, it's just, the, it's just the Wall Street version of this movie at the end of the day. I mean, he literally turned state witness at the end of the, at the, end of the movie. The thing yeah. that this movie does better that you mentioned is they let the wife have narration and you kind of get to see obviously Margot Robbie is iconic in the Wolf Wall Street but 
her character is not maybe be fleshed out in the way that uh, luckily Melfi gets to do in this movie. That is an interesting point. I did not think about that at all, but it's definitely similar tones and similar. Her name's Lorraine Bracco, but I refer to her as that because that's her Sopranos character, Dr. Melfi. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Karen Hill. I- I would see the Sopranos either, so I was not going to catch that. But um, yeah, I mean, The Wolf Story, it is a very similar story, now, now that you bring it up. I mean, there are a lot of obvious, like, differences, but I I mean, based off this one watch, I would say this film is superior to The Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe a bold statement, but I, yeah. I think so as well, honestly. Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, obviously, is great. Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll also get into, like, the recogni- recognizing that there are some issues with these movies and yeah, particularly yeah. the characters are very flawed and that is something that's very similar about it it's basically about two like awful people who then like don't really learn their lesson at the end of the day and you know kind of just rat on their friends henry hill got things a little worse i guess he had to go into witness protection but i i think it's cool to see throughout scorsese's movies these similar themes again like things like ratting and having loyalty i mean the departed it it comes up gangs of new york there's you know people playing both sides um and obviously he he has this pension for this idea of like family and loyalty and even in stuff like raging bull family is super important casino family is super important so it's really cool to see you know this is a director making films about like American culture in in the 80s and 90s and 2000s and and the power of family and then also the the downfall and the, the kind of the evils of these people. Yeah, that's true as well. I think maybe the real question is, uh, what the hell happened to Martin Scorsese in his childhood? Like, somebody rat on this guy. Uh, there's a lot of stories <laughs> well, you, you know, to tell about you know turning his back on his family and stuff. So that's another yeah. interesting like parallel. I, I think to all those other movies. I think something that is in The Wolf of Wall Street a lot more heavily is like drug use. And that is something that played a huge role in his early life. And obviously, I think he just has an appreciation for kind of these gangster movies. The Irishman, we have, haven't even mentioned that. Obviously, another one that he's done, another expansive, expansive story. Um, I think he just has like a little bit of an appreciation for, for these stories. He, he likes to adapt them. I did want to mention one other thing I, I wanted to mention off the top, actually. But uh, this movie was on Netflix. And um, I actually believe uh, it left Netflix the first of the month. So this episode will probably come out sometime in uh, September, I believe. I watched this movie like August 31st, and it left Netflix August 31st. So, I mean, you can't ask for better timing for myself. This is the pick of the century just based off that alone. But, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier. But it is I- on HBO Max, which is where I watched it. Oh. Nice. So, uh, and it's been on HBO Max for a while. So, if you still want to watch this movie, HBO Max does have it. Shout out HBO Max. But... Shout out HBO Max. You know that TikTok sound, the the oh no, oh no, like the with the whatever happened. That song is in this movie. Did you catch that, Cody? Did that, did that come up? Whatever happened to it's a good song too, like the original version. This movie in general just has really good music. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the music throughout is, is very, very good and probably like Scorsese's best, just like from a mainstream standpoint, I think. Like most of these songs I did know, which I feel like in, in most of his movies, that's not necessarily true. So, yeah, he, he, you know, he leans on some classic rock in some of his movies. Oh, well, yeah, he uses that one song every single movie. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Go on to the night. 
Give me shelter. Give me shelter. <laughs> That's in this movie, right? Got that. I don't think it is. No, it is. It is in this. <laughs> yeah, that's a good song, but probably overused a little bit by him. Just the shadow way. So when he starts doing coke, it it comes in. Oh. He's like, he's tossing up some coke <laughs> and he's like, starting using Sandy's drugs. Let's let's move on to our next category, Cody. Roll credits. Roll credits. So obviously with this category, we talked both about the opening closing credits and the title itself. So Goodfellas, Cody, the quote is, you know, we always called each other Goodfellas. Like you'd say to somebody, you're going to like this guy. He's all right. He's a good fella. He's one of us. You understand? We were good fellas, wise guys. Good line. Um, maybe a little bit forced in. I would say it's a decent title. And uh, I do like the incorporation in that scene in particular. But I do have to say, I think a better title would have been wise guys. I think that rolls off the tongue a lot more. It really conveys the tone of the movie more than, than good fellas. Cause well, I mean, these are, these are not good fellas if we're being completely honest, but they are very wise guys. So I, I would argue that may be the better title. And that was the title of the book that this was based a, adapted yeah. from. So, I mean, you know, why not just had to change it? Yeah. What's going on, Scorsese? I mean, they gave you the perfect title and you just threw it away. I'm not sure what that's about. But I think just along with the title, like the lingo, I think is very cool in this movie. Uh, obviously, you have the whack. You know, you're getting pinched. Everybody's everybody's a wise guy. I just love that, you know, continuing, you know, diction throughout a movie that, you know, you can kind of just bring into the real world. And it's just a reference that maybe nobody then- else knows. And then all the names people have, and there's just a lot of, I mean, just the movie as a whole is very quotable, I'd say. In general, I think it is a good title, but I prefer wise guys. But th- that was pretty much all I had. Opening, closing, do you have anything? The movie essentially has like a cold open, right? Yeah. Like they're they're driving in the car and, they, and they, they hear the sound, they open it up and all my life I wanted to be a gangster. And then the camera does the cool move in on him. And then Goodfellas pops up. So I think that's a cool way to open a movie. And then you kind of go back to the the past and then we return to the scene later. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I mean, it is very, very cliche. Possibly the start of the trend. I don't know, you know, the, the history of all movies ever. But I have seen the opening before and I hadn't even seen this movie. So props to that. The music is also really good in that scene. But yeah, I'd say like that's probably the most iconic shot of the movie just like like that that quick zoom in on on henry hill and him slamming the trunk and everything cool shot technically the movie actually opens with the titles people's names you know driving in and you kind of hear like these car sounds and it's like yeah flies in and then it starts um that's that's kind of a cool little open and i guess it sort of fits the theme i don't know there's not a lot of cars in this but you know it's new york so (laughs) the city's bustling people are they should have used that for the Fast and Furious movies instead, I think. <laughs> that would say, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes more sense. Let's uh, move on to the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's start with the good. I, mm. I mean, there's a lot. It is literally good fellas. That's good right there. Pesci, iconic stuff, like just out of this world acting in this. His character's insane. He's insane. 
De Niro's fantastic, obviously a lot more reserved. Um, I feel like he kind of takes the backseat in this movie, which is interesting. Um, and then obviously Ray Liotta is amazing as, as well. Um, it's kind of interesting to see Bear careers outside these movies. Obviously De Niro, probably the greatest actor of the three, but you know, maybe the worst one in this movie. I agree with that. that that's tough to say about Bobby D, but I'll tell you what, man, Ray Liotta, I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. And Joe Pesci is iconic for several roles, but I mean, just the, the, the scene alone with those two are, you know, oh, I'm a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. What, what am I doing? What, what was funny about that? Funny, funny how stuff. is, is an amazing how. scene because one, it is like, it is funny. It's great acting, but it also like reminds you that these dudes are like, there's these moments in the movie where you're like, oh yeah, these dudes are fucking scary. Like they have, like, you do not want to piss this guy off because he might actually murder you. And that's just a testament to how freaking good the acting is. I mean, that, that's top of my list as well. I mean, those three performances, I think are ridiculous. Like you said, Bobby D is a little bit more reserved, but I think he is just as good as, as those two, just maybe in a different way. And then the insanity of Pesci. I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. I like. I don't even know how to describe it. It's kind of just like, he, he just pulls you in the first couple scenes and you're completely committed like he is this character like I, I think just in the general landscape of his life maybe but crazy stuff i love pesci home alone uh you know big shout out the wet bandits but this is probably his best role i say that you know very sadly but he's probably better in this movie um and then the other thing i did want to you know shout out as well the direction anything technical in this movie is just excuse me but fucking ridiculous uh the tracking shots i mentioned earlier unbelievable stuff i mean for, for a camera to be rolling for that long i think is an achievement just in itself this is the 90s as well you know people can't even do that shit today so props scorsese and uh yeah the performances i think are the standout but the more i think i do want to rewatch this movie pretty quickly if i'm being honest so i think i miss a lot of things just from a technical standpoint but I mean, those are the two massive standouts to me. So a lot of good in this movie. This movie is fantastic. I think the direction is great. I also, I mentioned it earlier at the top, the editing. I want to specifically shout out the editor, Thelma Schoonmaker, because, I mean, she's a female editor, one of the greatest editors of all time, eight-time Oscar nominated, I think three-time winner. Didn't win for this movie, but just a fantastic editor. And, you know, probably not a lot of people know about her. So I want to shout her out. Shout out. Hey, come on the show. Yeah. You just got a massive shout out from Cap. Come on. Uh, one scene that I particularly like in this movie uh, is the the date with his his future wife when him and Lorraine ba- Bacco like go into the restaurant and it's just like this long city cam tracking shot as they go around. There's the music playing and that scene's just awesome. It's it's just like an exa- example of you know fantastic like direction and acting and you know set design and it it takes a lot to make it happen and you know shout out to everyone that made it happen. I mean, that's the this, this specific shot I was pretty much talking about with the, yeah. the tracking shot. I mean, it's ridiculous. It goes on for how long, you think? Two, three minutes? And, like, there's so many just extras in that as well. He's saying hi to everybody. Everybody's got to, you know, they be come exactly in, yeah. Point. Everybody's moving around, you know, cleaning off his table. Like, there's so much going on. And just that achievement, I think, is, is very cool. All right, Cody, let's move on to the bad. Oh. This is, you know, it's it can be kind of hard to find in this movie. I personally think this movie has some struggles in its third act do you mm-hmm. do you agree with some of those pacing issues or like maybe the story i i always find when i watch this movie that i like 
I love, like you said, the first hour, half hour is so good. The next hour is like, eh. And then like the last like 45 minutes, just, I don't, the ending is okay. But like, actually like really when he gets like super into Coke, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> I completely agree. That was pretty much the majority of my notes. Funny enough. But I mean, pacing wise, like you said, I, lo- I love the first act. I already said that. I think the second act is great as well. You know, moving into more Pesci and into Nero related stuff. I mean, once we hit the Coke train, it does seem like to I like, don't even care about the characters. Yeah, slow down a lot too. And like the, I mean, it's basically the third act is just like that one specific day where, you know, he thinks he's being chased around by the helicopter. I thought that was kind of uninteresting. And then I kind of think maybe the courtroom stuff at the end was not that necessary either. I don't know. I, th- I think there is a little bit of pacing issues in the third act. And I mean, it is a two and a half hour movie. It kind of feels like it's three hours at times. And I think it probably could have been chopped down to like 210, 215 pretty easily. Once we get into the drug dealing and everything, and, you know, Paulie's out of it, it's it's not really about the mob anymore. It's just about, you know, this character, which I am invested in, but I'm not as invested in, you know, when, you know, uh, Pesci gets, gets shot in the back of that. Like, that's the super interesting stuff. Oh, everything with the mafia. The drug ring, it, it's kind of a side plot and it is what it is, but I don't think it's like the best part of the movie. I think about Martin Scorsese movie endings, and there's some really great ones. The Departed obviously comes to mind. Take out the rat <laughs> shot, but uh, you know, I like the ending of Shutter Island. People love the ending of Taxi Driver, but like Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street, I think their endings are just kind of like, eh, like you know, these are bad people who like kind of get in trouble, but then at the end of the day, don't really learn their lesson again. Um, obviously you can't like change history, but eh. the ending, it's, it's kind of hard to find like a catharsis at the end of all this. It's not a happy ending. It's not supposed to be. I don't think. No. But I mean, there's kind of not a ton of closure for like De Niro or, or Pauly or any of like the main characters other than Henry Hill. And I mean, what's the point if, if you're going to drag it on this long and do Lord of the Rings and give it 10 innings. <laughs> we might as well see what happens to these guys. Cause I, I want to see what happened to Jimmy. Like I think that character super other than his, his stupid glasses in the courtroom and stuff, but uh, shout out those goggles. <laughs> well, I don't know how the Nero survived on set with those things, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I do agree. The third act has some issues. I think the only other thing is again, another Scorsese thing. These actors are just kind of old for some of the ages that they're playing. Like Ray Liotta at the beginning of this movie is supposed to be 22 and he does not look 22. And which is tough because it's a movie where you have to play their most of their life or at least 20 years of their life, 20, 30 years of their life. And he's like 36, I think, or something in this. And he, he just does not look 22. I mean, Pesci and De Niro. And De Niro is like, like 28 and they're like. Yeah. What's also, what's their age difference? Because um De Niro is supposedly like uh you know the mentor for for Pesci and and Henry Hill but I feel like Pesci's only like maybe five years behind him and it's supposed to be like 15 it seems like I could be well they're the same age so (laughs) So I wasn't off yeah that like right at the beginning because De Niro he's got like I think some white in his hair or something and then Pesci's next to him like like uh they and I think they him. say I think they say De Niro is supposed to be like 28 at the beginning of this. Yeah. 
though they're not supposed to be particularly close and they're the exact same age in your life. Those are kind of little things you can ride around. But yeah, Ray Liotta at the beginning too, it's like, yeah, this guy looks pretty old, but you know. It and is. obviously it works later. I, it's tough in movies to make older people look young. It's easier to look, make younger people look old. Uh, I think Ray Liotta is like, the way he looks, looks great when he's all coked out and, uh, oh. and dealing with that. that that's fantastic. <laughs> great makeup there and, and good styling. But Pesci, yeah. Pesci looks like a dinosaur. Just his face. He can't convey like young. They could have, I mean, they did a de-aging thing in The Irishman, which, you know, that's a, an argument of itself. But Well, that's the I, other thing. It, he, Scorsese does this a lot. I mean, he did it in The Irishman. It, it, I feel like it comes up. I mean, obviously, Robert De Niro, like, if you have the chance to work with him and cast him in roles, like, okay, yeah, keep, I guess, keep doing it, even if he's maybe 30 years older than he's supposed to be. I mean, yeah, just because these guys are, like, unbelievable, unbelievable actors, you're not going to not cast them just because, oh, you know, they're a little bit older, they're a little bit younger. They were 47 when this movie came out, so. Jeez. That's yeah. crazy. I would not have guessed that, but, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. They're the same age. I, I feel like they have to be separated by at least, at least like 15 years character-wise, but that is funny. It le- I wouldn't say 15. I think it's like supposed to be seven, like seven, eight. Let's move on to the ugly, Cody. Anywho, <laughs> enough of this ageism talk. Uh, let's talk about some more, let's talk some more isms, Cody. <laughs> Start us off, buddy. Uh, I mean, there's the obvious... There's some slurs and such that come up in this movie. Again, it's like the historical accuracy thing. It's like, oh, yeah, well, these guys did talk like that. And they're not good people. They're not supposed to be good people, necessarily. Uh, There's a fair share of prejudice for a lot of groups, I guess. (laughs) Prejudice against the Italians, you know, that's always tough. I hate to see that. Um, And then also, you know, this this is, you know, some toxic masculinity, Cody. Isn't that just terrible? (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot think? of what's there's the a lot of issues yeah uh my specific murder I mean, yeah you could really go any direction here <laughs> i went more with the drug route um you know i'd say it's ugly just everyone in the right mind is just pounding lines of coke left and right uh it's impressive stuff but i don't particularly enjoy watching it if i'm being completely honest and um there are a lot of moments like you said as well i don't know if cringe is the right word but like i just physically Really cringe when you know sort of uncomfortable you know slurs whatever you want to call them any sort of happenings in this movie you know it's there it, it is similar to the wolf of wall street where you know it's not as profane i think is that but i feel like this is the stepping stone to that like it, it's just the next level below so not of ugly but you know it's a scorsese movie so i wouldn't particularly expect anything less and uh you know currently in new jersey um, you know, don't want to say anything bad about the mafia. There's great, they're great people. You better, you better watch what you say, bud. <laughs> they're in your backyard now. Uh, weird movie details trivia, Cody. Uh, <laughs> my window's open. Naked grandma. Neck, huh? I got three questions for you. I know you only have two, so I'll start. Go for it. How many minutes into the movie are we when we return? To Henry Hill standing over the trunk of the car. Okay, so not the opening when we get back to it. Yeah. So when, like, what is the run? Where are we at in the movie? Yeah. Okay. Back to that moment. So it's two and a half hours. Uh, I'd say the old 
uh, helicopter scene. That's got to be like a half hour, 45 minutes. Uh, I'm thinking like an hour and 40. I'm going to go with that. Wow. You really think that first part is, is a, lot, a lot longer. So it's 61 minutes. So exactly one hour really? oh, to boy, get us, uh, basically through his childhood and then back to him killing that guy. Well, helping kill the guy. Killing like Barry. He, didn't, he didn't particularly kill him, but. Well, he. He, was, he didn't he, do anything else, he, especially and then Jimmy put like 10 bullets in him. So. Yeah, he stood there. He helped. He dug the hole. He was yeah. there. He, you know, he will get convicted for that, but he didn't yeah. particularly do it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Threw him in his trunk. Yeah, he did. Good question. Uh, my first one, uh, it's a doozy. But uh, we're, we're going to start off right away with just going into some Oscar questions. Corbino, no, no options here. I think you're a smart guy. You can probably figure this out. Uh, how many Oscar nominations for Best Director does Martin Scorsese have? Now, he has made a lot of good movies. So this could be a high number, but, you know, he's been snubbed a few times. So it could be a low number. So, you know, what are you thinking? The Irishman, 2019, I think. Uh, well, let me think. That was Bomb Back, Bong Jun Ho, Sam Mendes, and then him, I think. Quentin Tarantino. Is that five people? Or did I just name six? Because if I name six, then I'm fucked. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, listen, I think, May I don't know about The Wolf of Wall Street. I know he won for The Departed, so there's at least one. Uh, he did get a nomination for this movie. Uh, so that's two. Mm, Raging Bull, definitely. I don't think Casino. I would say probably Taxi Driver. The Aviator was nominated for Best Picture. I'm going to say six best director nominations. That's kind of a lot though, because they only nominate five people. So I'm going to say six though. I believe it's six. No, it is six. I think that's correct. What a poll. All right. Props to this guy. I had to go back and double check because he has made a lot of very good movies, but according to Google, I believe that's correct. His only win obviously is raging, raging bull. The last temptation of Christ. Goodfellas, yeah, Gangs of New one. York, The Aviator, and The Departed. Oh, so hasn't been nominated since The Departed. So yeah, yeah. 2019, he did not get nominated. He was there That's was correct. there was six. He was probably the the odd man out there. The, yeah, the one you named. So, Which yeah. I, I don't think the Irishman is anywhere near his best work anyway. So it doesn't matter. Fair. <laughs> Should he have won for The Departed? You know, eh, maybe. I mean, yes, it's a good movie. Not his best movie, but you know, I, they I, gave it to him. Everybody always hates on The Departed's wins at the Oscars. Yeah, okay, Scorsese hasn't won anything, but, I mean, that's a hell of a movie. You got Leo and Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, dude. Like, I, I don't know. Everybody always hates on that best uh, picture win as well, but not too sure why. Oscar fans, you know, get a hold of yourselves, honestly, because that's embarrassing, but, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Hit me with the second question. <laughs> What do you think? I mean, what was going to win Best Picture instead? Babel? Like, come on, no. Over <laughs> little, the Departed? Yeah. Little, little Miss Sunshine? The Queen? I like that movie. Letters from Iwo Jima? Little Miss Sunshine's fine, but is it better than The Departed? Probably not. Let's move oh, on. Danny. Oh, definitely not. My second question. <laughs> how many movies have Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese made together? Mm. 
that's a good one. Well, I mean, we got three just off the top of my head. This one, Irishman and Raging Bull. Um, what are the movies? I'm going to say it was higher than I thought it would really? be, to be honest. Well, that's yeah, I was kind of surprised. Well, um, I feel like Scorsese is making so much crap. I just always forget like his normal stuff. I mean, he wasn't in Wolf of Wall Street, Departed, Aviator. Uh, I'm just going to throw out a random guess here because I know he's made a lot of movies and I'm not going to name them all off. I'm going to say seven. It's nine movies. Oh, my God. How many movies has Scorsese made? Uh, a lot. I mean, he's been directing since it's the 80s, be like right? Five or something. Then. Taxi it's Driver? Easy. Yeah. Casino. Oh, I didn't even say... T- I didn't even say Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Taxi Driver, Casino, Goodfellas, The mm-hmm. Irishman, The King of Comedy, oh, Raging Bull, Cape Fear, nice. Mean Streets, and yeah, nice. New York, New York. I never heard that one. All right, fair enough. I probably could have named like five or six of those off to be fair, but yeah, the other three, you know, shots in the dark. But and I that do is believe... He is in the new Martin Scorsese movie that's coming out next year. So I think it'll be his 10th. I believe he's in Killers. Uh, Him and Leo both, finally. (laughs) About time. But uh, yeah, good question. Uh, What am I, over two so far for you? Hopefully we get back on the third. But uh, I don't think you're going to get this one right, if I'm being completely honest, because we're going back to Home Alone trivia uh, in honor of my boy Joe Pesci, the Uh, legend, absolute legend. (laughs) <laughs> the question in Home Alone 2 what object does Kevin McAllister throw off the roof of a abandoned uh, you know apartment or whatever You've... to hit Joe Pesci <laughs> and the wet bandits straight in the face name the object okay I think you've asked this question on, yeah. a, on a podcast <laughs> before uh, I don't know what episode what, when did we talk about Joe Pesci um, but Wow. Damn, what is it? I I blocked it out from my memory. You've told me this before. I feel like a terrible friend. There's no options? No, we don't have any options. It is close to a block, though. Because the thing is, we he, like, gets hit with a cinder block. That's, like, the joke. Like, he should have died is, is what we were talking about. It's how many mm-hmm. times he should have died in this movie. But, yeah, I don't know. A parking thing. <laughs> <laughs> what a parking meter no like one of those concrete parking stopper things the front of your car when you park in a parking spot you threw one of those how would, how would a little kid how is Macaulay Culkin picking up a big concrete slab all right you know fair guess it's it's pretty simple it's a brick he's throwing bricks and hit Joe Pesci straight in the forehead that's that's uh, what it was scene. we, t- we yeah. talked about him getting hit with bricks yeah i don't i don't remember what episode we talked about that on because what other movies has joe pesci been in other it wasn't a it wasn't a re- it wasn't a regular movie episode i don't think okay fair enough well i'll bring up that scene anytime i can so fair enough <laughs> let's swing it to your last question well it's actually already been answered but hey cody what's the name of the book that this was based on <laughs> Come on, dude. This is my opening line almost. Uh, it is Wise Guys, which I think is the, the superior title. Agreed. With that, let's go to commercial, and we'll see you after this. And we're back. Welcome to the Academy. 
This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. So, Cody, I just want to start off by saying this movie was nominated for six Oscars. And yeah. it won only one. Uh, Joe Pesci, Best Supporting Actor. So, yeah. Deservedly so. I'd say so. But it lost out big to uh, movie Dances with Wolves. What are your thoughts on that, Cody? Is that a deserved Kevin Costner just... I mean, he, he defeated Scorsese hand-to-hand, essentially, I guess. In real life? or Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm being completely honest, I haven't seen Dances with Wolves. So, a little long. Yeah, I've heard you're not a big fan, but um, I believe in um, our 90s movie draft it was taken, correct? No? Yeah, took J- JD took it with the... I, uh, I thought Junior his, took it. His like wild card pick, I believe. I will say... Or maybe his Oscar I think winner pick. Oscar pick yeah, it was. I've also never seen it, but it's like three hours long. And Kevin Costner. <laughs> eh. You're hating on it. You were hating on it in that episode too, and you still haven't even seen it. So I think we need to check it out. Uh, he's dancing with wolves, evidently. It sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it's about and everything, but uh, yeah, it, it seems like some powerful stuff, honestly. So maybe I should check it out. But I mean, for the Academy Awards here, I mean, robbery. I'd say likely. If Pesci didn't win, that's complete robbery. That that'd be my number one pick, hundred percent for this movie. Should have won editing. That's my. I, I'll say that. I think I, so. Thelma, disrespected. My other categories I do want to shout out: um, best actor for really Ray Liotta. Um, I mean, this is his best performance. I would say, pretty handily. So, you know, this would be his one shot to win. He didn't, which kind of sucks. But hell of a performance, Henry Hill, and then. Uh, my other one. Well, I have two other ones. Dances with other... Wolves. Dances with Wolves won cinematography. It really? won editing. The Godfather yeah. 3 also came out this year, uh, funnily enough, and that was nominated for a few things, but it did not win because Dances with Wolves won everything. Well, again, can't talk crap about it. I haven't seen it, but... I'm just kidding. I, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's a great movie. That's picture I feel like... Well, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this movie probably should have won, but... My last uh, Oscar I do want to nominate this for, I think this has the best wig uh, salesman commercial that I've ever seen. Um, and it's up there for best like fake movie commercial. I think RoboCop maybe has a beat. And there's a lot of other good ones too. But I mean, there wig sales commercials, I don't think there's any competition. This is as good as it gets. So I wanted to shout out that as well. I love a good movie commercial. Definitely think it should win that. What do you think about best gangster movie cody are you willing to go there interesting i, I think mean, it's obviously awesome. you haven't seen the godfather so yeah and, and i i haven't seen the godfather part two really maybe i heard that was better maybe yeah. that's better than this that's kind uh, of why i wanted to watch godfather because i've heard the godfather part two is ridiculously good so yeah i mean i don't know if i'm qualified to answer this question but it's got to be in the running 100 it's up there for sure yeah and then I'll uh, say this is, uh, once again, a the worst display of old people trying to play young people <laughs> until The Irishman came out, then it got tested so. by that. I think the, uh, we already found our academy for that in uh, Spider-Man 2004. <laughs> I think, think Toby McGuire playing a high schooler is much more criminal than anything in this movie. So maybe it's a close second, but I think we already have an Oscar winner for that one. Spider-Man No Way Home is back in theaters this weekend. Go check it out. Really? I heard they added like eight minutes on. Crazy, crazy stuff. 
I think it's going to be incredible. I think uh, there's an introduction from the three Spider-Men. Mm-hmm. So there you go. The, Sp- <laughs> the Spider-Man family. <laughs> it's like their last name. <laughs> Toby Spider-Man, Andrew Spider-Man, Tom Spider-Man. All Spider-Man's in the same movie. It's crazy. <laughs> Honestly, dude, don't even go check that out. Like, that's my anti-recommendation. I am I seeing like, it. I will say I'm really. seeing it tomorrow, so. I hate like re-releases just to make the studio more money. Like we get it, just release it everywhere so everybody can watch it. I don't need to go in the theater again to see it, and I'm not going to. I, like I wouldn't anyways, but that always just I think it's very unnecessary. Shout out James Cameron and Avatar too because I love doing that shit. But, yeah. <laughs> Cody, do you have any other awards you would like to give this movie? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, best picture I'd like to give it as well, but unfortunately we can't. So yeah, we don't we don't have that a power. We can give it uh, yeah. Cap's favorite movie of the week. <laughs> I'm sure Scorsese will uh, accept that award. He'll be happy about that one. This is cinema. <laughs> uh, Marty, watch my short film. All right. Invite, fight, night. By the power vested in me by my father, King Edward. And by all the witnesses here, I dub thee Sir William. I'd like to say Joe Pesci, not his character. Uh, I mean, his character would be a good time. You might have to bleep a good amount out. And he also may kill us if we if we wrong him. So Joe Pesci is a nice guy, though. I don't think he'd kill us. What about the Wet Bandit version of Joe Pesci? Would you have him on the podcast? I would. He might, you know, try and steal all my stuff. So not, not another great choice. But and if you hit him with a brick, he would just be fine. So that's true. He's, he's invulnerable. So that was my first thought as well. Uh, and I was thinking more like Tommy, uh, Joe Pesci's character, too, just because like he's going to shoot the shit. He's got crazy stories. Um, so it's good content, but like I'd really have to reel myself back. I can't say anything about him at all because I'm probably done for. But um, he'd be good. The other person I thought would be interesting would be uh, Pauly. You know, he's more reserved, but I mean, he's got all the stories. He's literally the top dog, the inside man. He, you know, knows literally everything. So if you had like a, you know, a release of, uh, you know, maybe after he gets released out of prison or whatever. You have like a tell-all special with Polly. I think that'd be sick. That'd be that'd be good content. And then uh, I think another great thing is you know that group of women that are kind of all sitting there gossiping, like all the wives, the mafia, all the guys? Italian wives. Yeah. yeah, getting in with them. That would be they. I mean, they they also have all the dirt, and you know they they've got a lot. They are spilling every bit of tea that they have that is out there. Um, and, you know, that is like the, the one of, I think, two times where this movie does pack the Bechtel test. So there you go. Shout out to that. Shout out Marty. Finally passed the Bechtel test. But uh, that'd be interesting. If we did like a party pod. Uh, ah, there you go. Ones, that would be good. Like keep a, uh, separate them into like pairs and, you know, they're all talking gossip about each other at the same time. That'd be good. We, we would just sit there. We wouldn't have to say anything. Yeah, just just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep everybody moving. In. That's good content. I mean, that's like essentially what Real Housewives 
someone already took this idea like they made it into a yeah. tv show but we're not still, very original we're not very original but it would still be great agreed, agreed. uh yeah moving on who uh who do you want to put in the fight oh <laughs> cody i'm not much of a fighter and, and uh, i'm gonna be honest I don't know if I could win in a fight against any of these guys. There's some brutal stuff in this movie. I mean, Ray Liotta literally takes a gun and he doesn't shoot someone with it. He beats the crap out of them. Uh, so I'm not trying to piss any of these guys off. If I was going to fight someone, that guy that they kill in the bar, I, I don't remember his name, but the one that ends up the trunk, he does suck. He's, he's kind of an asshole. So I would kill him. Uh, and he's kind of old. So I wouldn't kill. I'd fight him. <laughs> Brain on the old. Fair enough. Uh, I think you could take that guy. And he got out of jail. You know, he's done bad stuff. I mean, I'll fight him. He's asking for it too. I don't know why you talk shit to to Joe Pesci, but that's my guy. I agree with most of what you're saying. I don't think I have a a good chance uh, against anybody. So I'm just gonna go against the biggest piece of shit here. I, I'm going after Tommy. Uh, you know, based a lot on a lot of things, obviously, but mostly for what he did to my boy Spider. Uh, <laughs> to give you the quick rundown, I mean, he shoots Spider in the foot. We don't Shoots really know once, <laughs> yeah, just once, um, which is a dick move, especially when he's you know the bartender just giving you drinks all night. But you know, you could forgive him, right? Sure, there's there, you know, miscommunication. He wasn't trying to shoot him, I don't think. Who knows? But then he comes back, you know, he's good, and then you know, Spider's gonna say, you know fuck you dude like you shot me in the foot then he's just gonna just brutally murder him so that that's you know too far for me that's where i draw the line and uh me and tommy are going to arms you know i'm probably losing in like five seconds but just to defend my boy spider that's that's what i'm gonna fight i I love spider i love that actor uh he's he's also in the soprano spoiler alert uh but that he he probably deserves it the most realistic he's like the worst person I mean, he did end up getting what he deserved here. So, that is yeah, true. It, yeah. It's very poetic. I wanted to take him out. Not, 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 uh, not the family. Now let's move on to Knight. Cody, who, who are you thinking here for this? Yeah, you know, this was another tough one because every character in this movie is really just a piece of shit. So uh, I went somewhere off the beaten path. Pretty much we don't even see much of them. I went with Henry Hill's uh, daughters who, you know, through all of this just wreckage of a family, if that's what you want to call it, they pretty much just don't give a shit. Like, their parents are screaming at each other constantly. Clearly, they're all on drugs. And pretty much just the scenes we get of them are like, oh, they're, they're talking about their, their recitals and stuff. You come to my recitals, Dad? Or, you know, they're just watching them fight and, like, they're not even crying or anything. A little bit in the prison, like, the his one daughter's crying. But, I mean, these are troopers. I, I respect it. You can't really ask for a better daughter when, you know, you're screaming at your significant other and, and you're all coked up as well. And, you know, they're just there enjoying the shot. So shout out them. Uh, they, they deserve to be knighted. Well, Cody, that's really beautiful. And it kind of makes, you know, anything I, I say here seem, <laughs> seem a little worse. But uh, I'm going to knight Martin Scorsese. You know, I, I'm taking this in a different way today where it's like I'm the Queen of England, except, you know, he's obviously not english neither am i but i'm literally gonna knight him sir martin Scorsese. there you go who could be a sir honestly we need yeah. that we need to bring the sir to america and start yeah. knighting that people because it just sounds so cool presidential like medals of honor like that's just lame give yeah, people no, titles 
honorary doctorates, I guess, is is kind of that. But that's a lot of people can get those. Every famous person gets an honorary doctorate. And it doesn't roll off the tongue like sir. No. Or a dame. It's dame, right? Dame Judy Dench. Like that's fucking badass. Yeah. Sir Ian McKellen. Yeah, exactly. Sir Patrick Stewart. Goats. All goats. (laughs) Marty'd be there. (laughs) Fair enough. I like that. Night him. Let's move on to the the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. All right. Well, you know, this movie's kind of missing one, I think, important person. It's Marlon Brando, Cody. Where would where would we stick him though? That's the problem. I guess that's why he's not in the movie, right? Yeah. Where, where, I I don't know. That's what I'm. At. There there is no, there is nowhere. So I guess that's yeah. why we don't why we don't cast him, right? Yeah, I mean it, it's tough because it, this movie's so well cast. You can't replace the main three. You you can't. So uh, I would say you know one of the random Italian guys who's in the family, who's, who's maybe not. Not Polly. Uh, spoiler: I do. Maybe he Pauly. could be the uh, guy who owns the restaurant or the the bar yeah. or whatever that they like in the beginning when they burn down. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I mean, even just like a small role where he just has a couple scenes, I think just throw him in because because why not? It's it's Marlon Brando, but uh, yeah, it it is tough because those main three are just so integral to pretty much every scene to give him a different role other than that, but. You can stick him anywhere, and I think you'd be good. Yeah, because he was uh, busy acting in The Freshman. So it. it's it's like Matthew Broderick in it. <laughs> yeah, it must have been a real fit, yeah. Yeah, um, real, real classic. So he missed out yeah. on Goodfellas, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I do have a couple fix, and I, I talked about Polly, so I might as well bring that one up. Uh, the actor's really good. I, I don't have, you know, the time or effort to look up his name, but <laughs> shout out that guy. But, uh, who I want to replace him with? Anthony Hopkins. I don't know. You know, he's he's not particularly Italian. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But bring me Anthony Hopkins chops to this movie. And somehow it goes to a next level, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, we know what he he's done in his career. Just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. And sort of pairing it up as like, the quiet guy who runs everything, I think is such a perfect role for him, uh, especially with all these loud talkers like Pesci and stuff. When Anthony Hopkins, like it, that first scene in the movie where, you know, he just like walks outside and everybody just like stops doing what they're doing. I think Anthony Hopkins could bring that, you know, like presence more on the screen than, than this other actor. But yeah. You know what Paulie's name is? Uh, I don't. I looked it up. It's Paul something. It's Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Paul Servino. He was probably made for this role. I mean, his his name's Paul. He's he's super Italian, so it, it makes sense they cast him. But yeah, my real recast the one the one I gotta fight for here, Cody. We need to take Leonardo DiCaprio and teleport him back into time and and replace Ray Liotta. Oh, I actually really like that because here's the thing. I mean, we've never truly gotten like the leo gangster movie like i know gangs of new york i guess it's in the title right but it's it's not the same type of thing at all yeah. it's very like old-timey gangster thing and but, he's not really the gangster it's daniel day lewis is the gangster right yeah he's he's like trying to get with him right he's trying to be in his gang but it's it's not the same thing and we 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 need gang and i guess the departed like he's in a gang that's like it's a different thing it's not like I want Italian gangster Leo, essentially. I mean, his name is DiCaprio. 
<laughs> we haven't seen him go full Italian. <laughs> no, yeah. Where's where's Italian Leah? Jordan Belfort, I guess, is probably the closest thing yeah. to that. So, I mean, it, again, it makes sense. I guess Scorsese kind of did it in The Wolf right. of Wall Street, but I want the, I want to see Gangster Leo. Again, we're getting Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese all in a movie next year, so that that's awesome. Uh, I think it's a police kind of Native American murder story, from what I understand. Mystery. Kind of ripping off Wind River. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it is. It's ripping off Wind River, yeah. Nice. I mean, Wind River is a really good movie, so I back it. But, uh, shout out uh, Jeremy Renner and uh, Elizabeth Olsen and uh, the guy from The Walking Dead. Um, but anyways, uh, what's his name? Shane? Yeah, good guy. John Bernthal. Yeah, Shane. Good actor. But, uh... <laughs> He's a podcaster now. <laughs> He's trying to is take he? our career. We did it first, Shane. Come on. Yeah, Shane, you know, back down. Come on the pod or back down. Let's, yeah, he had down. he had Shia LaBeouf on his podcast. We would never do that. So whose podcast well, is better? I'd probably have Shia on. You'd, you'd question about holes and stuff. You'd like it. But uh, anyways, my other recast, similar in vain to yours, where I'm bringing a modern actor, and I, I want to bring him back into this movie. And I'm replacing Karen, which the actress, again. Um, Lorraine. I like, yeah, I like her a lot. But. I thought of someone in the modern day who would be perfect for this role. I think Ana de Armas. Uh, first off, it's Ana de Armas. What is she not going to be good in? Um, but secondly, I think she's like perfect for this role in a weird way. I think maybe even in Wolf of Wall Street, she's maybe a better fit than Margot Robbie. That's controversial. But in this movie, I think she would be perfect. And I think, you know, Maybe she wouldn't be as grounded as this one. Maybe she would be a little bit, you know, crazier and stuff. Well, this girl's pretty crazy, to be fair. But <laughs> anywho, I just think Anna Damas would be great in this movie. I really want to see it. And uh, I, I kind of throw in this last one. That is a great pick. Anna Damas, you know, right. fantastic. Uh, I'm thinking of Italian people. You know who's Italian? Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> that is an Italian man. Uh, so put him in a mafia movie, too. Why? I mean, why, why hasn't it happened? Put him in everything, man. I, I love that guy. Supposedly he's coming to the MCU. That'd be sick. But, uh, I mean, that's I mean, we need to redo our working actors, best working actors today, because I think he's on my list now. I, I love everything that guy's in. And uh, he hasn't even been in that much. It's mostly you got like, to watch The Boys, man. I know. I know. Yeah. yeah, I'll get there eventually. I'll talk about it in my recs, but, God, I have so much TV to catch up on him. I'm slowly going through it, but yeah, that's a great pick as well. I mean, especially for anything Italian, you can't really beat Giancarlo Esposito, spaghetti and the meatballs. <laughs> I mean, that name is just perfect Italian, so I back it. Let's move on to our rating. You're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? Out of sixty-nine, Cody, I, I suspect we'll be on the uh, higher end of things. Do you want to go first? Do you want to lead things off? I'm, I'm curious yeah. to see where you're at kick it off i mean this is always the hardest part of the show i think um this is obviously on the higher end we've been but i i've been as well especially high in this movie it's tough i'm probably mid 60s i'm not gonna go too high i'm probably gonna go 60 63 maybe that's a little low but i'm gonna go 63 out of 69 63 respectable i'm gonna go a little higher 65 uh I mean, again, we've like, we just keep doing really great movies on the podcast. We've done a lot of good ones in our last few episodes, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Goodwill Hunting, Inception. 
Uh, I still think those three movies are actually better than this. This is uh, six I definitely thought Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hey, I, I, well, I like them more in terms. <laughs> maybe not better, but I I enjoy those movies more. That's yeah, but I do think Goodfellas is really great, and it's it's one of my. I mean, it's easily in my top twenty favorite movies of all time. So, fair enough. Good rating. All right, next up, defeat the watch list. Watch me, watch me, ooh, watch me, watch me. Now, oh, Cody, yeah. let me guess. You didn't go see Nope, did you? <laughs> um, no, I didn't. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll, see, we'll this is this, next week. No, no, this we'll is talk about next why uh, you get you get two weeks. I do I, one every week. Okay. You do one every two weeks. That's fair. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot, uh, a lot going on. A lot going on for (laughs) sure. For sure. I did watch my movie, so Uh, I will. We're gonna report on that. But first, let's pick the movie for next week. So, Cody, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, how do we? What are we thinking? How do we want to do this? Let's just do the random number shit. I really like that. Okay. Year. Yeah. Let's go. I I, I want a lot more modern. Okay. I'm gonna go 2013. Should I pick a, a genre for you as well? There's 27 films. Uh, I will admit there are a couple of movies on my watch list that I have seen uh, that are just like on there because I didn't log them on Letterboxd, but I'll sort through those. These will all be movies I've never seen before. We're at 27 for 2013. Um, should I just go down to a genre? You think that works? Yeah, sure. Well, I don't know. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like drama just drama that's really gonna narrow it down Cody. we there is a shuffle function as well that i that i can use if if you need right. to how about like for this i pick a year and we shuffle it like twice and i i pick between those two i okay. think that's fine. all right so i'm gonna do the first shuffle uh first movie that comes up is something called all is lost apparently carter has seen it it's a during the solo voyage in the Indian Ocean, a veteran mariner wakes to find his vessel taking on water after a collision with a stray shipping container. Robert Redford. Yeah, there you go. Okay, shuffle it again. All right. What are you watching? Because you're not watching that garbage. <laughs> shuffle number two, Short Term Twelve. Uh, I mean Brie Larson's in it, so should we watch it? Short Term. Oh, it's got Lakeith Stanfield, Robbie Malik, Caitlin Devers from uh, what should we call it? Yep. I, I definitely picked that one over the Robert Redford uh, All right. drowning movie. Cool. Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, he directed Shang-Chi. So yeah. it'll be in Just Mercy. So it'll be a good one. And he's doing Avengers the Kang Dynasty. So it's, it's a great pick, honestly, yeah. uh, for me to check out. And that's why we have the watch list. It forced yeah. me to watch it. Now let's talk about the movie that I watched last week, Chasing Amy. Cody, yeah. do you know what this movie's about? I believe Ben Affleck is, is chasing Amy, but I could be wrong. Okay, so (laughs) I'll read you the uh, film synopsis that I have on Google here. A comic book writer stumbles upon the love of his life, only to discover that she's gay. The situation is Uh, exacerbated by his roommate and professional partner, who's Jason Lee of of Chipmunks fame as well, uh, who becomes increasingly threatened by the possibility that he will be replaced. And then it's also obviously a Kevin Smith movie that's kind of in a shared universe-ish uh, you know, they all take place like in New Jersey. Rats. Jay and Silent Bob show up and, and, and whatnot. Um, Mall Rats is the one prior to this that, you know, Ben Affleck and Jason Lee are also the main characters of. This movie, it was really interesting because 
it did cover topics that you don't see a, a lot in movies. There was like this, there was a, a, bla- a black gay man. There's obviously this prominent lesbian character. This is, you know, the late nineties, but also it doesn't deal with these things in the best way. I would say it is a little bit dated, but I feel like it deals with it. Some stuff better. It's like weird, like parts. I feel like, Oh, wow. This talks about intersectionality in a really good way. And then it's like another part. Oh, this just has like weird slurs. And like, this isn't really working. And like there's off color jokes and it's kind of this weird amalgamation of like these different characters and these different perspectives. And this whole central idea that basically Ben Affleck falls in love with this girl who says she's gay is a little ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then also, I, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you, Cody, but uh, they do end up getting together at one point in the movie. Spoiler alert. What's going on? He's chasing Amy, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and her name is not Amy. Her name is Alyssa. So, uh, Wait, that's, where? What? That's all that. I'm chasing Amy, then. <laughs> So to explain that to you, he's having this whole thing. Basically, he discovers some things about her past that he doesn't like, Mm -hmm. and then they break up. And then also there's a lot of stuff going on with Jason Lee's character. Maybe he's also in love with him. Who knows? Uh, Homoerotic undertones and in male relationship. Like, see, like it covers stuff like that. That's interesting, but it does it in a strange way. But basically... There's a moment where, oh, hey, Jay and Silent Bob show up from these other movies, and it's yeah. Kevin Smith, right? And they sit down, and basically, uh, Ben Affleck and Jason Lee have been making comics, and the comic characters are based on Jay and Silent Bob. Okay. So they show up, and they give them money <laughs> for their likeness, okay? And that's, like, okay. the big reveal. They show up, and basically, Ben Affleck's sitting there, and he's like, Oh, you know, he's moping around because him and this girl have broken up and then mm-hmm. silent bob speaks up and he's like chase you're chasing amy and then jay's like well you can't just just because you don't fucking talk normally doesn't you can't just say cryptic stuff and people think it's means something but it's, it's the title of the movie and then he goes on to explain that oh there which is it's literally kevin smith the writer and director of the movie sitting there in a different character explaining why the title of the movie is chasing amy because Basically, there is this girl, Amy, that he had a relationship with that got away a few years back, right? And then, okay, Cody, I'm just going to spoil the movie for you. Because at the end of the movie, Ben Affleck then makes a comic that is the story of the movie that we just watched. And the title of the comic is Chasing Amy because of this one interaction he had where Silent Bob talked about chasing Amy. He's like, you're chasing Amy, but really her name's Alyssa. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> interesting. Uh, this movie's so out there, guys. Yeah. You should really check it out. Honestly, it's 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 interesting. About halfway through, I thought I was like absolutely gonna hate it. I still don't really know how to feel about it because there is some stuff I really don't like in this. Um, mm-hmm. But there was some stuff that is really fun, funny, and smart and witty. Um, and I, I just really don't know. And I don't know if it's I don't know what place it's coming from to a certain degree. And uh, it it the direct there's stuff i haven't spoiled cody <laughs> that that will still surprise you that, that that's all i'll say so there's still oh. plenty uh to share and i do appreciate the way at least their relationship ended up at the end of the movie i think it was fitting and it, it if it had ended it differently i think i would have disliked the movie a lot more and i'm glad it didn't i'll say that fair enough i mean uh just you describing it kind of uh, makes me want to watch it so maybe that that's what this will be basically it'll be whether or not 
I re- would recommend this movie to the people. And I'd say, yes, I'd recommend it because I think you should at least watch it once. Hell yeah. Good rack. And uh, we'll, we'll check on, on Short Term 12 next week. Now we have We Have a Podgorithm, if you're still with us. I'm going to draw a card. And uh, Cody, do you want to talk about Lady and the Tramp? Uh, spaghetti Dogs? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to go for it? Yeah. Tell me about yeah, sure. Spaghetti Dogs. Lady and the Tramp. Disney animated classic. I've probably seen it once or twice in my life. Pretty obviously got the the uh, spaghetti scene. Big fan of that one. Mm. Uh, probably gonna name anything else that happens in the movie. I think there's a lady, and then there's a tramp. This is the one with the fox and stuff too. In there, no, that's that's the fox and the hound. Oh, the fox, oh that's a good movie. I, I like that one. Uh, lady that was sad though. That movie's sad. Yeah. Oh, good though. But uh, yeah, Lady and the Tramp. I think they made a live action version of it. Mm. I believe, which, yes. which nobody saw it's on Disney Plus. That's interesting. But yeah, I feel like this kind of forgettable Disney and uh, kind of just builds off just that one scene, which is the only thing I know from it anyways. But yeah, probably wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it over here. And um, I, I Googled Lady and the Tramp. And honestly, I, I'm not too familiar with the plot. Um, there's a Lady I, and a Tramp. Dude. Right, there's a Lady and a Tramp. But I pull up <laughs> the, the movie on Disney Plus and it says this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. There's a warning before Lady and the Tramp. So apparently Lady and the Tramp is a bad movie. That's what I'm saying. There's, it got the Gone with the Wind treatment, which is, I mean, if, it, if you got a warning in front of your movie and listen, it was only there for 12 seconds and the movie started playing, but there was another three paragraphs that I had not read yet about how bad this movie is. So maybe don't watch Lady and the Tramp. I, that's why I said, dude, don't recommend it. I don't know what's bad in it. And I don't, don't want to know. And we're not going to find out. Yeah, because it doesn't deserve that attention. Don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch it. Now, <laughs> let's talk about things we should watch <laughs> and go to our recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Great transition. Transition of the season right there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Episode two. And we're saying transition to the season. Not a, not a great thing. Um, my first recommendation is mm-hmm. that the day that this episode is airing a Saturday uh, is national cinema day. So what that means is basically you can go to a, most movie theaters and see movies for $3 today. So if you're not listening to this on day of release, one, you're a fake fan and two, you're going to miss out on this deal. <laughs> Uh, so this is what our real listeners get. They get deals. So if your movie theater is not sold out by the time you're listening to this, go see a movie for $3. Uh, I got a big day of movies planned. What are you going to see? Let's spell it out. All right. Well, it is, uh, I'm going into the city and, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to the AMC Lincoln 13, which is the biggest IMAX in the country. And I'm starting my day off by seeing Top Gun in IMAX, uh, Top Gun Maverick. I, I have obviously seen this movie already a couple of times, but I got to check it out again. Top Gun and IMAX. Wow. I still haven't seen it. Then I'm going to go check out Emily the Criminal, which is the new Aubrey Plaza movie, which I'm mm-hmm. actually really excited about. That's not an IMAX, but uh, same That's movie theater. And then Jaws in IMAX re-release. I've never seen Jaws. Again, biggest IMAX screen in the country. I'm very excited about this. I think it's going to be awesome. That's uh, cool. And then I'm switching theaters to uh, a nicer one that serves food that the ticket would normally be, again, really expensive. But it's only $3 because it's National Cinema Day. And uh, I'm seeing Spider-Man No Way Home 
the re-release, Cody. Oh my god. You're just playing right into Marvel's end and <laughs> disgusting behavior. But, Listen, uh, that's I, all, that's I, like a fun day. Yeah, thank you. Uh spending my Labor Day weekend right. Thanks. I'll probably go see Nope then. If, I mean three bucks ticket, can't beat that. But uh yeah, great wreck. You just uh, launched me into it as well. I do have a few. Um most of it's television, like I mentioned earlier. Just catching up on. Uh Corbin, you don't like Game of Thrones, do you? No, you do actually. You you watch most of it though, right? No? Nine episodes. Oh, fucking hell, dude. You're missing out on some good TV. But uh <laughs> House of Dragon released and um the second episode has also released, but I'm a little bit behind. The first episode's good. Uh there's some gore stuff, which is a little bit out there, but cool character setup, a lot of fun characters. I think uh, the brother played by um it's Matt Smith, that's guy in uh Doctor Morbius, Who right? and Morbius, yeah. <laughs> Morbin time, but uh, he's really good. He's he's a psychopath, which I think, and he's got the perfect Targaryen face as well. It's it's great casting, but uh, I'm excited for more Dragon on Dragon Showdown, which hopefully is in in the second episode. But I believe they're so far, doing, I, I believe they're doing like a time jump soon. How do you feel about yeah. that? Like, are you gonna kind of um, miss out on some of these characters, or you you pump for it? No, I'm cool with it. I mean, I I figure the king's gonna die soon, and then just shit's gonna go down from there, so, similar to season one of Game of Thrones. But uh, I mean, I mean, whatever these guys got prepared for me, I mean, these are all based off of George R. R. Martin books, and every single uh, season of television that's been based off of those books, like really fucking good. So I'm excited. Should be should be fun to watch. Other than that, you know, She Hulk, they, uh, third episode, well, second and third episode. I don't think we talked about the second episode yet either. But I did just watch a third episode today, and um, yeah, you know. It's okay. I like the Wong stuff and uh, you know, uh Tim Roth is fun. And uh I do like, you know, the character portrayed by Tatiana Maslany. I think she's great, but what about Megan the Stallion? Yeah, you know, that's whatever, but also the CG in the third episode of, of She Hulk was just it looked expression. worse than yeah. the, the first two, which I was it, I I didn't really mind it in the first two episodes, but it definitely does not look as good. Yeah, I, I thought it was decent in the first show. Right, some some bright daylight that didn't wasn't working. Um, it's tough. Like the stuff in her office, I think looked really bad. Yeah, that looks terrible. But I mean, plot wise as well, I, you had the whole thing with you know her her dick old lawyer partner, or whatever. With with Megan Thee Stallion, I, I thought that was super uninteresting. So don't really care about that. And then she got attacked by some guys. That's gonna set up some other crap, I'm sure, with Jamila Jalan, but. Yeah, I'm kind of lost in this episode. Well, we need a good bounce back for episode four. I'm going to be disappointed because I, I did like the first two a, a decent amount. But, you know, that's just Marvel TV in a nutshell. So I don't know what else I'd expect. I will say the episodes are like pretty short. So it's like pretty easily yeah. digestible. It's not It's this not like they're making like a set through hour. like terribly boring stuff. I agree the courtroom stuff's not great. They've said they can't write courtroom scenes. They've admitted to that, I guess. So that's whatever. They're still playing courtroom. <laughs> right. Yeah. But just not with Jennifer Walters, which is like, <laughs> I even want to see it less. Yeah. It's with characters I don't care about. Setting yeah. up maybe a love interest thing. I, I don't know with that uh, new guy. Yeah. He's okay. But uh, the last thing I do want to recommend, and um, I have been working my way through this Umbrella Academy season three. Um, I believe I'm on like episode seven or eight so i moved through quite a bit of it um 
I think it's probably my least favorite season, but that's not saying a lot because the, the first season's kind of just, it, it's kind of like Stranger Things a little bit because the first season is just so enclosed on these characters. Um, but then the second season is just building off that. And the third season, just wacky and crazy. Season two of Umbrella Academy is my favorite. Season three is good so far. I, I love the stuff they do with like Pogo where he's in a biker gang and shit. And, you know, the Sparrow Academy, they killed off my favorite one, sadly. It, it was the, basically this guy has powers where if you punch him in the face and like break his nose, your nose gets broken. So basically you can't beat this guy. But then just some random OP guy comes in and just murders him for, for no reason, which is tough. But season good so far. I really like stuff with five and Diego as well. So it's interesting. But um, I think the fourth season got renewed as well. So that's fun. But I don't know if we really need a fourth season. But anyway, I do recommend that show a lot. I wouldn't check it out. And uh, that is all my racks. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I have a, I had a couple of friends that were watching it when I was up in Chicago, the Big Ten stuff, and they were all enjoying it as well. So Good maybe day. maybe one day. I, I just I don't know TV man, but I am about to recommend some TV. So uh, my recommendations spurning off of Goodfellas would be Sopranos, because basically half the Sopranos cast is in Goodfellas. So obviously James Gandolfini is not, but. Uh, his therapist, the, the 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 character that he is with every single episode, is played by Lorraine Bracco, who is the wife of Ray Liotta in this movie. She kind of said, "Hey, if we do the gangster thing again, I don't want to play like the the wife of the gangster. I want to play, I want to play like this therapist character." And and she's really great in that. Spider is in it, which is awesome. Michael Imperioli. Uh, and then just a ton of other people show up. Obviously, Ray Liotta was not in the original Sopranos, but uh, when they did that prequel movie that came out, um, he did show up in that. Rest in peace to Ray Liotta, by the way. We haven't said that in this podcast, but yeah, he did recently pass away. So check out The Sopranos. It's good stuff, if you, especially if you like Goodfellas. You'll like The Sopranos. Fair enough. I haven't seen it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I... Let's see what what movies have I been into recently? I, I don't really know. I haven't I haven't watched a ton. I did check out that uh new uh movie with John Boyega in it, Breaking. Oh yeah. It was all right. It wasn't okay. it was okay. It just it was fine. You know, I wanted more Michael K. Williams. Um again, I don't know when this was filmed and if him passing away, like if he wasn't, he's just like not in the movie that much. And it I it kind of wish he was more a part of the story um it's very focused on john Vegas character which is great but um it's just a it's sad at the end of the day is, is what it is it's like a true story and it's, it's just kind of really sad um i watched beast did i talk about that on the last podcast i don't think so um that's the lion idris elba movie no you didn't talk about that <laughs> yeah you so that? i saw i saw lion idris elba movie that movie is not great <laughs> okay that's what i would figured um but there's a ton of tracking shots. Like there's, it's not the entire movie, like 1917, but it's like probably 50% of it is like one takes. Wow. Um, broken up, which is really interesting with a CG line and some stuff. And there's a couple scenes that kind of work. There's some scenes that don't um, with some like really obvious cuts, but um, it's, it's a cool thing that they're trying. I didn't know yeah. that from going in. I was like, Oh, wow. Um you know, some fun filmmaking there. Uh, I also watched The Invitation, which is like this new like 
romance vampire movie that mm-hmm. is based on Dracula, even worse than Beast. Uh, really, really not, not, not the best. Uh, so uh, wouldn't, wouldn't recommend that one. And then 3,000 Years of Longing, which is the new uh, George Miller movie with oh. uh, Tilda Swinton and also Idris Elba. Uh, it's, it's better than Beast. It's kind of like this big like fantasy story, but honestly, the parts that are the best of it is like when it's kind of more grounded and it's just like two people having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the fantasy stuff is just like almost unnecessary and out there. Um, then I finished the Men in Black trilogy as well. So good, uh, wow. good movies. I still stay. I think the third one is the best one. Okay, I'm excited. I uh, I don't think watch. other. I've realized other people don't agree with me, and I there are definitely flaws, but I like it. <laughs> I'm excited to watch sequels. I think uh, after Nope, that's probably next on my list. So yeah, should be fun. Well, guys, thanks for uh, joining us for the second episode of season four. I think we're gonna have a guest on next week. Have some fun, and uh, everybody enjoy National Cinema Day. Appreciate it, guys. Stay gapping. Peace. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.